0: Well, that was uh, Vend. Okay. It started. That was my challenge eight years ago. Was to build a, you know, hundred million dollar uh, business. And, and Where were you at the point you said, right? I want to build a hundred million dollar business. At what point I was roughly somewhere between uh, Wellington and the <laughs> Kapiti <laughs> <laughs> on my bike. Very good.
1: <laughs> oh, so this was during the bike ride. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. yeah. Of,
0: of course. Yeah, because I had the idea for Vend and so I was really just making the decision as to how it would play out like having an idea is great but then you've got to execute on it I'd need to raise money you know yada 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 so working out what the next five years of my life could look like and being on a bike or or running or you know whatever that thing is swimming um, you find yourself in this zone where you know once you get over the you know, if you're new to cycling, running or swimming, once you get over the pain of, like, why the hell am I doing this? Um, you, you get into the zone where your mind clears, and, um, you know, I find myself going, my, my, my mind will uh, pick an idea, and it'll go almost like a, on a repetitive loop around the idea.
1: Welcome to 14 Minutes of Sass, The show where you can listen to the stories and opinions of founders of the world's most remarkable SaaS scale-ups. This is episode two of a seven-part series with Vaughn Ferguson, sole founder and former CEO of Vend. Vaughn talks about people who influenced him and 10 years of amazing personal challenges which initially he uses therapy for his obsessive compulsive tendencies within his business. He talks about how he worked out with little help from some friends, how to build Vend on a long bike ride through New Zealand. Has that, you know, this kind of annual challenge you've set up for yourself, has that been a life-changing thing for you?
0: Absolutely, yeah. And so, you know, what I've, I've just realized it's been 10 years. Of doing them. And it's always been adding something new to my life um, or taking something out of my life that's probably not great to have in your life. And so, you know, quitting things like quitting smoking and, and stopping drinking alcohol for a year. And, um, and, like, at the moment I'm a vegan, so exploring that. So, that, that kind of like um, making good life choices. Uh, but then there's like the physical challenges as well. And so, I've cycled the length of New Zealand on a bicycle. Uh, a couple of years ago, I cycled around the southern hemisphere on a bicycle. Um, one year, I ran a thousand kilometers, and so that's those challenges are all about you know testing my my physical resolve. For doing things, and because like a lot of the stuff people, you know, it sounds crazy. It's like I'm gonna I'm gonna ride a bike around the world. And people are like, wow, that's impossible. <laughs> How would you do that? That's like, well, you get on a bike
1: and you cycle every day <laughs> until day day. Until, you, <laughs> until you get around the world.
0: It's actually not that hard. I mean, the hardest bit is like making the time in your life to to do you know to do a crazy endeavor, um, but totally achievable. And like running a thousand kilometers sounds, you know, I describe it as running a, th- a million meters, which makes it sound even more impressive. But you know. Uh, a thousand kilometers. You break that down, and that's like three kilometers every day. Um, yeah, yeah. Which makes it sound way more yeah. manageable.
1: Um, but of course, you the bigger challenge would be to say that you'll actually run every day the three kilometers, as that's opposed thing, to because yeah. you could actually do that in a shorter time. So I guess uh, is so that, that what you did? did that you? was the hardest
0: bit. It's like yeah. you know, because you had to run three kilometers. I had uh, to run three kilometers every single day. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. In good. order to make up the thousand uh, yeah. kilometers in a year, um, and then of course, if you miss a few days, and you you know. You know, you've got, you've got to run 10Ks to catch up. If you miss, you know, a good part of a week, you're basically running a, you know, a half marathon every week. So, um, and so that one, you know, uh, I knew that physically I could do it. Um, it the, 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 the most challenging part was more around the, the logistical planning, like around my life because, you know, I was, of course. I was a startup founder and the business yeah. was going crazy and traveling all around the world. And so, you know, having to find those, those, those slots where you could get the run, get your daily run in uh, yeah. was actually the most challenging part okay
1: and if people can hear announcements and stuff we are at rise here in Hong Kong so that's where the ambient sound is coming from uh, we were talking earlier about uh, you know you giving up uh, drink for a year uh, uh, but you're you know you're not extreme so that's something that you still enjoy occasionally today right yeah With absolutely yeah over. yeah um,
0: so that you know yeah, cut out drinking for a year which I actually found was one of the most challenging ones, not because I'm an alcoholic, <laughs> but, <laughs> but just because of the social norms around, especially at things like this, like you know, at a conference, yeah. where every evening is like there's events and it all revolves around you know drinks, a drink yeah. or two, yeah. um, and so you know that was hard because people always assumed that you know that just became part of the culture, um, and then if you were abstaining, people thought. People people would always apologize to me thinking, you know, and say, oh, I'm really sorry that you're an alcoholic. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, no, I'm just (laughs) making a choice to not drink. It's like, don't worry. It's incredible what people assume, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, And, uh, and yeah. um,
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, do you find that some of your challenges are bit bigger than others do you feel this need that you know you know what's ahead of you in the year that you got to have some sort of a challenge to anchor you for that year yeah I think I would do it because um, I find it good to have something else for
0: you for your brain to focus on like when you're you know I'm I'm pretty sure I'm 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 an obsessive compulsive type person you know once I get an idea in my head I find it very hard to get that idea out of my head Um, and so in business like when you're like throwing everything at a growing a business It's, I find it healthy for me to have something else that I can, you know, flick a switch in my brain. It's like, well, I'm not going to think about that. I'm, you know, I'm going to try and figure out how I'm going to ride a bike around the world or, you know, whatever the, or stand up on a stage and sing in front of 100 people. Um, And it uses slightly different parts of your brain. Um, And there's the fear element as well. Like, it just scares the bejesus out of you. Like, you know, I pick these things because I think that these are things that make me feel very uncomfortable like, you know, singing in front of a hundred people. It's like, I can't sing. Is there a video out there of that actually? Uh, there's probably a few bootleg, um, <laughs> you know, uh, on people's phones that are probably going to come back as blackmail Did you Did, you, did you get
1: coaching for it? Uh,
0: I got a few lessons. Yeah, probably not an, as many lessons as I, as, as I probably could have. Um, but the point of it was not to be amazing. It was just to feel confident that I could, you know, sing for an hour, an hour long sit in front of a hundred people and not be booed off
1: stage. i think it's a great challenge Uh, it's actually it's one of my favorite ones of the ones you did actually uh i did briefly try and find you on the net uh uh, but i'll have another look and see if i can find the 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 bootleg version Uh, i haven't found them yet so i think they're just sitting in wait we were talking earlier about uh diet i've been a vegetarian for 32 years and um, you've you've uh gone a step further you're vegan um and your, your partner zoe is too uh tell us a little bit more about how that's been and you know
0: why you decided to go that route? Yeah, so be- becoming a vegan was this year's challenge, um, and honestly, I thought it would be a lot harder than 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 what what's actually transpired. But um, uh, like the choice was you know not, not really from an ethical point of view. It was just it just fascinated me about the economics of food, like you know, uh, and I just found myself, I guess, with age, going off, you know, looking for new things, looking for new tastes. And so, yeah, I thought it'd be really hard. And I remember the day I decided I came home with the great news for Zoe. <laughs> I was like, guess what? <laughs> I'm gonna be vegan! And, uh, you know, she, uh, she almost punched me in the face. <laughs> she was like, you know that means I'm a vegan now as well. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I guess it does. <laughs> and what about the kids? Hmm, maybe they should be vegan too. Um, and that, yeah, that was the hardest bit is, you know, how do you manage a family, you know, when you, as you would know, like when you've got a slightly different dietary preference. Um, uh, and But, you know, I've learned how to cook. I've learned, I'm paying more attention to what's actually going in because, you know, you, you become one of those obsessive people that has to read the, the labels on everything to make sure that there's no, no meat or, or dairy in it. Um, but the side effect of that is that I'm now more aware of, Of what I'm consuming, Um, and it's actually pretty easy to be an unhealthy vegan, right? Uh, Oh yeah, (laughs) you you can just eat fries all day, right? Fries and Coke. Do you feel better? Yeah, sleeping better, have more energy. Um, You know, I was, you know, I had a love-hate relationship with cheese. (laughs) It's a love cheese, but cheese probably didn't love me back. Um, And so there's those things that have been definitely a a, a benefit of becoming a, a vegan. Um, and, but you know it gets challenging, like when you're going out and traveling. Like travel, travel's is always the, yeah. the problem. is you know, and it surprised me. Like we, you could travel around the world, and you can go Tokyo and New York, and you'd think you'd think it'd be pretty easy to, to travel and, and become a and, and, and sustain a vegan diet. But it's actually really hard. But you know, when you look at you know feeding up a planet of you know eight billion people, um, the you know the, the amount of uh, destruction and devastation that comes with Massive intensive farming—it's actually quite eye-opening. But that was not why we decided to become vegan. And so, who knows? Like, uh, you know, we've—I think—we are more aware of the food we eat. So, what, whatever happens at the end of this challenge, will be a conscious
1: decision. Very good about about what we eat. Now, most of the challenges we've spoken about here—all of them are are personal challenges. Um, Have you ever uh, taken one of those years and and, uh, made it a? professional goal that was your challenge for the year well that was
0: uh, Vend okay started that was my challenge eight years ago was to build a you know a hundred million dollar uh business. And, and where were you at
1: the point you said, right, I, I want to build a hundred million dollar business? What, what point? I was
0: roughly somewhere between uh, Wellington and the <laughs> Kapiti <laughs> on my
1: bike. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so this was during the bike ride? Yeah, ah, yeah. yeah. Of, of course, and I remember myself, it's so meditative when you do that stuff. You go into another world, you, don't you? You go into a Zen state.
0: Because I had the idea. You become open
1: to more ideas. Yeah, because I had the idea for then.
0: And so I was really just making the decision as to how it would play out. Like having an idea is great, but then you've got to execute on it. I need to raise money, you know, yada yada yada. So working out what the next five years of my life could look like, and being on a bike or, or running or you know whatever that thing is, swimming, um, you find yourself in this zone where you know once you get over the. Know, if you're new to cycling, running, or swimming, once you get over the pain of like, why the hell am I doing this? Um, you, you get into the zone where your mind clears, and um, you know, I find myself, going, my, my, my mind will uh, pick an idea, and it'll go almost like a, on a repetitive loop around the idea, um, uh, and my brain just keeps doing that until it feels like it's processed the idea to, to its, to its um, natural conclusion. And it's all very subconscious. I can, I'm not putting these ideas in my head. I'll just go for a run and just whatever pops into my head, I'll just let my brain go with that you know,
1: for the next hour while I'm running. In the next installment, episode three of Seven, Vaughn talks about how crucial his early hires were and why independent retailers are the sweet spot for Vend. You've been listening to 14 Minutes of Sass. Thanks to Mike Quill for his creativity and problem-solving skills and to Ketsu for the music. This episode was brought to you by me, Stephen Cummins. If you enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to share it with your network, subscribe to the series, and give the show a rating.